plot is a loaded word. It feels very judgmental. Dr. Robotnik is plotting world domination. Dr. Robotnik is plotting to enslave an ancient god of destruction. It's never Dr. Robotnik is plotting to go to the bodega, pick up a bagel, and some OJ. TGIF, got anything nice plotted this weekend, Robotnik? The wife has plotted a spa weekend with the girls, so I'm plotting to have the guys over to watch the game. Maybe the Jets will plot to win this time. Then I'm catching a plot to phone my mom, scheming to do the laundry, conspiring to fix that leaky pipe, concocting a stew, and machinating to roboticize some animals. If you're strong, you can fly, you can reach the other side of the podcast. It's alright, sit and chill, there's an hour left to fill and we gotta go fast. That's what so makes sense. GHC, GHC, GH, say your nuts and train no drinkers. GHC. Knock knock, it's Nathan. Howdy you guys, gals and non-binary pals, and welcome back to the GHZ, a podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog. On behalf of my three fellow co-hosts, as always, we are so happy you're here. TT Sonic Joshua, I do things, you know what I do, I don't have to keep telling you, I don't want to sit here sucking myself off all the time, besides I tried and it hurt my back. Uh, trying to roll yeah. up just like Sonic, <laughs> that's Christ. what Sonic's doing when he's in that ball. He does, really? Uh. That's gross. This podcast isn't for adults only, so watch out, there's going to be strong language and violent themes tonight, uh, that is a promise, not a threat um so yeah i don't know i have nothing sorry uh, youtube yeah look like and subscribe do the things listen to us please tell your friends god we're so desperate for attention uh and exposure uh it would be lovely if you could do that thanks very much um grant save me oh <laughs> uh, yeah this is grant and then i'm grant i'm the third one who speaks I'm the coolest Yay. here to remind you that we have a discord for free that you can come and join. The link is in the description. You can be talking Sonic, not just with us, but with folks like Cheeky Beaky, <gasps> Geo Sonic, really? and Dr. Hate PhD are just some of the friends you could be making in the discord. And speaking Shout of out. friends, here's Lee. Hi, I'm Lee. I'm the podcast mascot. A cheery little mascot, just like, just like, dear listeners, that mm. popular sentience train from British children's television. I am, of course, referring to Ivor the Engine. Of course, Ivor the Engine. That's what I was, that was my first sure. thought. Sure, 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 sure. I sure, thought sure, you were sure. talking about Thomas. I don't know who. No, no Thomas. Who? Thomas. Who? Thomas the Who? Don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, right? you know, with Ringo and George Carlin and the uh, other conductors. Oh yeah! Look, look, like yeah, y'all fun. know Ringo, right? Yeah, hey, I'm Ringo. I'm Ringo. <laughs> I'm Ringo the Tank Engine. Oh, Jesus. I, I got me big wheels, mate. I play on the tom toms and I go choo choo to shoe. With it, with the <laughs> Ivo the Engine of Sonic the Hedgehog podcasts, you know Thomas yeah, the Tank Engine. 
Thomas the Tank Engine, that's more of a Sonic the Comic the podcast. You know, just because <laughs> just because they're a bit more colourful and entertaining and better put together, and they have a tank. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're the eye of the engine. We're keeping it real. Exactly. Yeah. We're the people's podcast. Man. I've said that. Um, and we are people. So there you go. There are technically other Sonic podcasts, mm. but you heard it here first. They're all shit. <laughs> Every single one of them. They're all Fucking... absolute bullshit. Believe it. Oh, some of them are doing great stuff, and some of them have even worked on the Sonic movies by contributing the pixel art to the end credits, which is very amazing. But they're all bullshit. We don't care. want to fucking fight about it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's which the, podcast um, did that? I forget their name. It's uh. Because it's why would like, you remember all about Sonic that uh, Why would I remember? Because it's not three letters. Three letters is all I can retain in my little brain. So that's really the cool. Good podcast for them. Is great. I'm super yeah, happy for them. that other podcast. Yeah. whoever it is. I'm not Good for them. It's, it's like that uh, uh, Jackson Five song goes A B C. It's easy as G H C. Just it, hey. you know, yeah, easy. Just remember. Yeah. It. There you go. No problem that's at all. How you do it. There you go. And everyone loves Michael yeah. Jackson, right? <laughs> we got a comment a couple of weeks ago on one of our youtube versions of the show where oh, yeah. somebody was like you guys need to upload your next episode real fast because you have more listeners than you think <gasps> yes i saw that <laughs> that was lovely <laughs> which i love because it's like we know exactly how many listeners we, yes. <laughs> we look at the like... metrics man and we look at the youtube numbers too and maybe they're different audiences but there are absolute dozens of you it was extremely sweet though wasn't it though it's a nice sentiment but well uh, hold, sort of. hold yeah. on guys yeah, hold on sounds like a threat guys, guys hold on <laughs> what you fail to consider is the viewing parties oh yeah oh, you know, yes, every, of course sure you know, it previous it counts as one click but how many people are in that room? Yeah, it used to be every Saturday. Now, every Wednesday, they invite all their mates over. They get the Doritos out. They've got like yeah. some dips. You've got some salsa. Mm. You've got some sour cream. You've got some cool. guacamole. Oh, they've got nacho cheese. They've got nacho cheese. Yes. Nacho cheese, yeah. Oh, cheese, like that. that doesn't belong to you. Uh, that's, a uh, that's a good one. Um, they've got that's it all. That's what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's reviewing parties. Um, if but, you're doing that, then you fucking shouldn't because the algorithm doesn't care about you having friends in real life. We don't do couch co-op anymore. This is the modern day. Everything's online only. Get Discord together. <laughs> All of you need to be on that, synchronizing your watches or whatever. Yeah, and Everyone's uh, isolated on their own little devices. I was going to comment that Lee is what Lee was describing as a viewing party for a podcast is actually how people used to consume the radio way back in the day. Decades oh, yeah. ago. When mm-hmm. you couldn't have all your content on demand, it was scheduled at a set time that everybody in the you know your region had to listen to at the same time. So you had to have the family to sit around the radio in the family yeah. room or whatever and listen to the serial adventures of Superman or whatever the hell they did. This is the modern fireside chat. We're the fire emoji side chat. We're bringing people together. And we're, you know, we're pretty interactive as far as non-interactive media goes, uh, because this episode's topic was suggested to us from one of our Discord dear listeners, uh, Lupin the Nerd, who we've shouted out before, uh, suggested that we talk about the storytelling in Sonic games, and specifically why it's so shit, uh, (laughs) and also what we would do to make it better. Uh, Like, like if we were to create our own Sonic Mm. plot, 
or you know what you know and and now and hey listen the uh the sonic storytelling theoretically is going to be better because now they've got Ian Flynn the writer from the comic books on board for Sonic Frontiers mm-hmm. uh and Ian Flynn also contributed to the storytelling in Sonic Origins but then again those cutscenes were kind of shit we've i think we complained yeah. about this in our Sonic Origins episode a little bit but like i know that the last the last thing with Eggman and the flotation device, it's not really what you want for like the last thing. It's kind of like a, it kind of works as like a post credits yeah. stinger uh, or something, but it doesn't show Angel Island going into the ocean, which I've brought up a million times. So, so maybe the storytelling is not going to get better with Ian Flynn. The whole maybe it thing. Will. Maybe uh, the thing is though, wasn't it like Sega or Sonic team or whoever wrote the story and then he writes the dialogue, but there was no dialogue in it. So I guess he just got paid to, to do nothing. I, I mean, it's, I it's all it's all collaborative. It's all right, collaborative. Okay. Like, okay. I'm sure, I'm sure he gets his gets to have input, but you know, it's yeah. not like he gets carte blanche. So that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm not rinsing him out. Like, uh, you know, Ian, if you're listening, mate, because um, I've been reading the IDWs. Actually, I've just started. I bought the hardcover, you know, collection thing. It's pretty good, oh, man. Nice. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, you know, it's all right. That's it. You know, it's, it's pretty good. Well done. Good stuff. Um, Sonic Origins, however, fuming, absolutely fucking fuming. Don't get me started again. I've got a whole episode about it. Dear listeners, if you want to hear how angry I am, go and listen to our Sonic Oranges episode. It's quite good. That's right. Um, I'm I'm very cross with it, and the cutscenes were bollocks and uh, too cutesy, too cutesy. We don't like that. The, they, it's such a hard fine. thing to. They were fine. They were fine. They're fine, but they weren't great. And look, okay, right. Look, I feel um, like I was the only one who wasn't like super hyped on them before release. And then when they came out, I was like, also like, yeah, they're fine. And now everybody else has like kind of come around. It seems like on this. Nah, I'm pissed off about it still. I'm never going to let this one go. I'm so angry about it because it just, I feel like that the tone of a Sonic story seems to be so hard to get down and no one's really done it well for a long time. Uh, okay. So since we're on this topic, yeah. What would you describe to me as a successful tone for a sonic game okay well um but if i'm basing it just on games that have come previously i feel like the storytelling of the original games or at least sonic 3 and knuckles the way that was told throughout the game you would see like a more uh, i don't know updated version or fleshed out version of that sort of in-game storytelling much later on in games you know like in a, a great example is like half-life uh, and how the story is is communicated to you as you play. And so it's all fully diegetic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're not. There's no cutscenes. No fucking around. It's all within the story. The thing that pisses me off. Say like, um, well, Jesus, man, everything pisses me off. Say like Sonic Unleashed as an example. I feel like the tone of the intro sequence is fantastic. Uh, you know, it's it perfectly communicates who these characters are. It shows off what Sonic can do and what he can't do. You know, it shows that like, yeah, you know, yeah, he's he's very capable, but he's impulsive and reckless. And as a result, he gets caught because he gets too cocky, you know. Um, and it's, you know, it just it, it tells a lot about the characters. It looks great. It's really well communicated. But fuck, man, wouldn't it be nice to play that? It's a computer game. I should be playing that. I should I should be running along that spaceship. I should be smashing those robots. The story should be communicated to you while you play. I feel like it's just a missed opportunity to then have all that as a video and then just cut to like you're stomping around the town fucking purchasing ice cream and chatting to like, you know, postcard salesmen. Like it's bollocks. Like just do it in the thing. 
So, so it sounds like you have a lot of issue with cutscenes in general. Well, yeah, I suppose so. With Sonic, yeah. Grant Lee, do you agree with that? Like, how do you feel about cutscenes? Because, like, I will say, right, uh, uh, since the adventure era, I guess, right, and everything beyond, uh, the games, as we all are fully aware of, have leaned very mm-hmm. heavily into cutscene uh, mm-hmm. and uh, scripted scenes, I guess, to like um, unveil the story throughout yeah. the game, which is basically the opposite of what Josh was just saying he wants. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, Josh is also pointing to Sonic 3 and Knuckles as being good storytelling, but of the Genesis Mega Drive games, it's the one with the most cutscenes. Uh, you know, compared to Sonic 1, where it's entirely diegetic and it's all just like the backgrounds sort of progressing from being, uh, you know, the Green Hill into some underground caverns and then coming out into mm. Eggman's uh industrialized factories uh there's no there's i guess one cutscene in scrap brain zone act two where eggman hits a switch and throws you into labyrinth zone again um but i but i i agree that like sonic three knuckles is is like you know it's when well okay when people are talking about good storytelling in the sonic games they tend to look at three games generally they're looking at Sonic 3 Knuckles, Sonic Adventure, and Sonic Adventure 2. And then you people seem to mostly agree that after that, the storytelling gets really rough. First, it goes very dark and edgy. Then it becomes so light and fluffy that it's entirely meaningless or has no, it doesn't feel like it has stakes. Um, but even in Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, and I would say maybe even arguably Sonic 3 and Knuckles, it's a lot of cutscenes. It's between every mm. level or in inside every level. There's there's some sort of cutscene, and maybe that's too much. Maybe it's the right amount. I don't know. Um, but I think that at the point we're at now with Sonic Forces, uh, and uh, who knows with Frontiers, but I guess with Sonic Forces, it's like it's just too much. There's too there's too many cutscenes. There's too the characters are talking to you while you're playing the level. It's just way yeah. way too much. It needs to be less. It's very overwrought and overwritten. I feel like yeah. If I could clarify what I mean by cutscene, I think it's just that like okay, so yeah, there's an element of it like the, the control is being maybe taken away from the player a little bit, but in Sonic Three and Knuckles at least, it's all happening in in scene. It's all happening in game. Like there's no cut away a separate thing happens then cut back to the game and there you're playing it's sort of like yes it does stop for a second but it's all it's pretty seamless you know uh rather than cutting away everyone's sitting around having a chat then you cut back and there you're running around collecting rings and doing all the other stuff it'd be nice if while you're collecting rings events are like set pieces and that are happening i mean a good example of even like i suppose it is just set pieces maybe it is a little bit fluffy rather than but like something like the uh, killer whale in sonic adventure but imagine if it was something meaningful <laughs> you know mm. what i mean like because uh, that in and of itself is is not far removed from a cutscene because the no, dash course, pads are yeah. moving sonic and you can just let go of the controller yeah it's like a scripted event and also yeah. you're not really getting yeah. any plot revelations from it at all but there's a lot of that in sonic forces isn't there? There's, I mean, there's plenty of killer whale moments where it's like you have no or very little control. Like when Sonic's, I forget the level name, but like when you're escaping the prison, uh, the Death Egg prison, and you're like flying on these like spaceships over the Death Egg, yeah. and you, there's occasional like quick time events, but that's sort of like the whale. Yeah, those are just mm-hmm. like, I would, I mean, I would classify those as 
uh, action sequences within a stage, right? To kind of give it some flavor or some exciting cinematography or whatever, but not really. Mm-hmm. They're not generally... I think I'm trying to think of any of the Sonic games that are using actual gameplay segments to kind of progress the story forward. And one of the examples I'm thinking of is like maybe um, the Sonic Shadow race in Sonic Adventure 2 where they're kind of talking to each other while that's happening, right? Yeah. See, that would be a good example of it for me is that like you're progressing the characterization, you're progressing the story, but you're still more or less in control. It's more or less seamless from what you were doing previously. It doesn't feel like a separate thing. It's not Metal Gear Solid where you're sitting there listening to fucking codec chat for like 20 minutes, you know, uh, which at the time was revelatory. But then now, mm, yeah, it just feels cheap that you can show really cool stuff happening pre-rendered by Marza or whatever. And then you jump in the game and you're just running about doing really basic shit. Like, I feel like they could really step it up, step it up, uh, (laughs) you know, in terms of of what they can do and, and communicate in the game. Yeah, so I think most of this conversation so far has been kind of like about presentation and execution of that so far. Um, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts, everyone's thoughts here about maybe the content of the actual plot itself, right? Like, do we think that, um, where do we think the Sonic series is most successful? What kind of elements do we think can make a story or a plot in a Sonic game work or Mm -hmm. be interesting? And maybe what elements that they focused on are not quite so successful or that we think maybe could be you know, improved upon or maybe removed entirely to the benefit of the overall story. Yeah. Well, I know you asked earlier on about, I sort of went off on a bit of a tangent, which is unusual for me. Um, But the ideal tone or ideal content for me, I'm always going back to Fleetway because I love, that was kind of adjacent to the games for me growing up. That was my backstory. And I loved the whole um, ruled by Robotnik era so the first well where however many there was like what 70 80 odd issues 85 issues where that was the case um and if just as a little recap it and especially if you've not read them sonic gets uh, captured by uh, an agent of robotnik if you like and then instead of being killed because the agent is actually on sonic's side um is sent forward in time by six months so in that time hmm. robotnik takes over the planet so, so- Sonic is captured and then tortured for six months while Robotnik takes over the world. That sounds pretty familiar. So Sonic Force (laughs) is your favorite game? And as I was just about to say, is that Sonic Force is like that, but rubbish. Uh, there's no, there's no like over the top. The drama is inherent in, in the story and how it's presented. You know, Sonic comes back and is like, why why are there a shitload of robots here and and these are a lot tougher than the usual ones and he finally gets through and like saves the people and they're like sonic where the fuck have you been and he's like i've been gone for like a week and they're like no mate you've been gone for six fucking months where have you been and then he has to then deal with all the craziness and then he kind of goes on the run i suppose he's like undercover with all of his mates uh and they travel around as like you know um in disguise as as a traveling circus and they kind of go around to different villages and towns across the planet and try and liberate the villages and, and stop Robotnik's rule. So he's like taking over everything. And I don't know, I just feel like that'd be a nice basis for it. It's just like, they're kind of like fugitives. They're always, you know, on the run. They haven't got some like fucking not whole base to go back to. They're just trying to take out Robotnik and trying to take out his camps and stuff. And I feel like in game you could approach that. And especially now with frontiers doing the open world thing, 
and as I said a couple of episodes ago about how much I love Just Cause, that the whole plot of Just Cause is about toppling a fascist regime on some little yeah. island somewhere, right? So you could do that. You could have Sonic and your squad. You're going around the island, open world antics, and different settlements need to be liberated by fucking up robotic generators or smashing up robots or, or saving people or whatnot. It'd be a good way of communicating that you are taking back control from Robotnik. You're saving your mates from turning into robots. You know, uh, maybe like visually you could portray that by you are uh, stopping robot generators and you are kind of recreating natural environments. So like a Sonic mm-hmm. CD style of thing. Uh something like that would be ideal for me and in fact i wish frontiers was going in that direction rather than just you're on another island here's another character and another enemy and it's it's only tangentially related he's lost his memory it's all completely unrelated yeah um, it's all cyber space whatever yeah like i just we don't i like know yet but yeah we don't yeah well we can sort of extrapolate from what we've seen i guess but i I just i really liked how fleetway did it and i would love to see some sort of simulacrum of that in the games that'd be cool for me well i think i think it's possible that frontiers will be the most successful sonic storytelling in a game since the adventure games for me just sort of based on what little we know i think so earlier you asked uh, you know, what's like a tone that you think is what the Sonic series should be aiming for? Or what's the successful? T- I think, uh, and most people I think would sort of point to, you know, it should be like a shonen anime or manga type of, it's a, you know, action filter thing with like comedic elements and with some aspect of like mystery and lore to it. And I think the adventure games and Sonic 3 and Knuckles are the most successful at this. I think in part because of how they characterize how Sonic and the heroes react to the threat. I think by the time of like Sonic colors and even in Sonic forces, the plot is like shrugged off as like a joke. Like it doesn't really matter. And like, it's too easy for Sonic. I think it's important for the main character to view the threat as a threat. And you feel that communicated in those three games. And I think frontiers is going to do the same where it's going to, you know, it's taking his memory away and he's going to, like, I mean, maybe not. He might also just be quippy again and be like, huh, it's too bad I lost all my memories. I better go <laughs> run fast and get a chili dog. I know I like chili dogs. Like it, it might be that yeah, stupid, but it yeah. could potentially, you know, uh, hit some of those elements and be maybe not good outright, but more successful than recent examples. I'm pretty skeptical. Oh, I'm, I'm, I think <laughs> my concern with Frontiers is, and again, we know very little of what the actual plot or contents are going to be so far but it seems sparse and unpopulated right Mm -hmm. like the worlds that we've seen so far the only character that we're aware of is whatever the little cyber lowly thing um and (laughs) maybe the ghosts of sonic's memories of his friends or whatever so the cocos yeah, and yeah, whatever those things are, which I don't know. Have we even seen a picture of any of those things yet? I'm not sure. Whatever. Yeah, they're, the, I, they're the rock mm, things, right? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, if they're <laughs> at the same level as the Koroks in Zelda, then I don't <laughs> I don't have high hopes for whatever uh, characterization they're going to have depicted in the game. But um, uh, yeah, ha-ha. I, yeah, yeah, ha ha, you found me. Okay. Um, I think what Josh was touching on there with the Just Cause point is actually kind of very close to what my idea for like what I would like to see in a Sonic game is, right? Because you have to have a real sense of threat. And yeah, like Grant, to your point, right? The recent games have kind of swung too far back in the other direction where 
the threat is um i mean maybe not believable not unbelievable right because these are after mm-hmm. all dumb kid stories or whatever but they don't feel <laughs> uh authentic maybe is the word i'm looking for right like yeah uh, i don't feel like sonic or the cast or or yeah sonic in particular like feels the threat or believes that there's no. a threat it just totally undercuts the stakes when you do yes that. And, exactly. and you as the audience don't feel like there are any stakes yeah exactly just because it's for kids just because huh, it's for uh-huh. kids uh um it doesn't need to be done you know um yeah. i because and, it, and they've you know the the uh references and the kind of uh, inspirations with there originally you know yeah it's not just oh it's, it's star wars because it's the fucking death egg or whatever but like it's a very ghibli feel to it and they deliberately you know clearly ripped off uh Lapita and others you know uh, in sonic free and knuckles but that kind of that kind of vibe of like um i don't know okay it's just off the top of my head nausicaa because i fucking love nausicaa so nausicaa except that nausicaa is sonic and instead of like the sea of corruption it's robotic roboticization stuff you know come in like sweep in the robotic set it up it you can't stop it now it's taken over and even he's regretting it and sonic is trying to find a way to like stop it and that's and then you're on this like crazy island or this world or whatever and it actually looks like a sonic game that would be nice uh yeah. you know not just palm trees and shit but you know like get some of the flavor in there different biomes and, and stuff yeah and that kind of like it's they are they're in their in their own way the the ghibli stories you know they're they're light-hearted but they're real life uh problems and dramas for for everyday people even when it's like a quite an outlandish storyline um you know someone like kiki you know lee i know you like a bit of kiki don't you uh i love kiki you love kiki i love kiki uh is it it's like oh yeah you know she's a witch and it's all like a a a fantasy story but like it's real life human problems that you can kind of get on board with and the sonic games don't really have stuff like that yeah and i don't i don't need no like teenage relationship riverdale ass bullshit drama just something that's tangible that you can go oh yeah we've, we've all felt like that yeah and, so that was yeah kind of getting to my point yeah. that i was yeah about like your thing about saying like just cause and actually this is i think mm. there are great examples of this in all sorts of other video games like just cause is a great example but you know oh, other yeah. games like um even okami and like ghost of tsushima ah. all kind of follow the same basic premise right where you have an invading mm. enemy force and then you're working your way across the world mm. and cleansing different areas and restoring balance to nature yes. and the indigenous populations or whatever and i think that is like kind of the perfect or maybe my ideal uh format for a sonic story right so uh, you could have like this world that's taken up being taken over or being corrupted by technology and Eggman and whatever other kind of plot device deity thing you want to insert in there as Sonic team is apparently required to do. But, Hmm. um, you know, you can have characters who live in the world, lived in the world before this corruption, you know, and their lives and their relationships and their friends and all that are affected negatively in some specific way. Um, you know, by this corruption, you can learn about these characters quickly and then um, do your thing to assist them, you know, remove the threat, eliminate the um, Mm. invading technology or whatever, and then see how, you know, restoring this balance to nature and the world and maybe like um, include some themes about how, you know, um, 
humanity or, you know, people living in balance with technology and nature can make things better and then see how you've kind of yeah. like repaired all these issues that these people are having. Like, I think that is kind of what I would ideally like to see. And I think that's something that you could handle and balance well, you know, with a children's audience lens while still making it relevant and kind of interesting. And that gives yeah. you a level of personal stakes or an investment into something, right? And because then Sonic, you know, as a character, he has to help everybody he meets. It gives him something to be invested in instead of always just shrugging off. You know, he's not personally threatened by Eggman, but if those that yeah. he interacts with or cares about are being threatened, that's something quite different. Yes, absolutely. He's sort of duty bound in that way of like helping people who need help uh, and play into that. And maybe that's to his detriment. You know, you, ha you have an element of he gets himself into trouble because he's helping people too much and he's too reckless and too impulsive. You don't really see a lot of that. I don't think in the games now is, is his like impetuousness that he's just like, he wants to like strike out and, and make a fuss and cause trouble. Uh, and, and that recklessness will get him into trouble. You know, um, you don't really see a lot of that. And also you don't see, like you say in there, the core thing of, nature versus technology that core theme mm -hmm. of that is is pretty much completely lost and to go back to that especially in today's fucking era man like you know look at look at the state of things uh you'd be yeah. going back to that tapping into that 90s flavor of like oh shit there's a hole in the ozone layer we're all fucked you know get captain planet on the case you know yeah. kids Global are warming now exactly it, you're gonna be aware of that stuff and it now is the perfect time to get into those environmental messages shit we might end up saving the planet with sonic the hedgehog who knows did you guys see Naoto oshima's take on eggman um it, there was a tweet going around recently um someone dm'd him some questions about eggman and oh did you envision there being other humans in the series and such and okay. um, then, like of his own volition, Oshima sort of said what his take on Eggman was. Um, and yeah, so he said, yeah, he did envision other humans in the setting of Sonic. But then he also says, and this will be through Google Translate. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, because he, Mr. Oshima, uh, Oshima-san, mm. Oshima-sama. Oshima <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't speak English, so but here's what he said through Google Translate. Um, mm. He said, Eggman is a human representative. He's not evil. In Sonic Adventure, enemies that destroy the world appear. Eggman protects the world. Humans are enemies for animals. Eggman wants mm. to make the world beautiful with science and technology. This story is a battle between science and nature. Mm. Then he adds, everything is my personal opinion. Thank you. I feel like that perspective on it has never been depicted like that in the game. Okay, okay. So so that's the thing. He wasn't heavily involved in Sonic Adventure. And um, you see within Sonic Adventure, oh, he actually is a bit of a baddie to the humans as well. They're like, oh, no, it's hmm. Dr. Eggman. He's going to blow up the city because he's a bit, he's a bit miffed. Um, but if you look at that, if you look at Sonic 1 and Sonic CD through that lens, you know, the two big games Oshima, like, worked on, you know, that completely works. Um, you know, like, Eggman is not causing trouble for other humans, he's just going to these remote islands and building mm. these bases and all his robots and all his technology, and yes, it is in the manual that he wants to rule the world, 
but it really is just like I, I'm going to make the world great with all of my science and all of my technology um, just because he's got that ego. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have all my wonderful machines all over the world. And um, like both Sonic 1 and Sonic CD, um, you look at Scrap Brain Zone Act 1, where you've got the exterior and everything's all smoky and grungy and gross. And that's the scene in all the bad futures of Sonic CD. Everything's like gross and nasty and polluted. And you don't see that as much in the other Sonic games that Oshima, Oshima didn't work on. Um, so Sonic 2, okay, you've got Oil Ocean Zone, but you know beyond that, you've got the Death Egg. That's not really polluting anything. And then you get to the point of Sonic Forces, where the metropolis there, Eggman's base there, everything looks like an Apple product. It all looks <laughs> squeaky yeah. clean and actually quite a nice bit of a sci-fi utopia. Um, so they, yeah, we've got we've gotten away from that. I don't know if I, <laughs> yeah, like what is the Death Egg built for? It's literally called the Death Egg. Unclear. <laughs> okay. I've never really known what its purpose is. <laughs> well, look, look, you can sort of infer. What is it a like, cancer research facility? Come on. Look, yeah. look, you can infer, you can infer that it's like the Death Star. It's like, oh, it can shoot a big laser, probably two big and, lasers. If we're going off of the Death Star's design. Yeah, and well, you see it in Lava Reef Zone in Sonic and Knuckles. Like the two eyes sort of like like light up and ignite over lava. So it's like, okay, the eyes can can do, can do stuff. Um, but yeah, no, it's like the Death Egg isn't polluting the Earth. I see it as just like, oh, ho, ho, I've got my super weapon. And it'll, I see it as being a bit of... What you see in Sonic Adventure 2 with the Space Colony Arc and the Eclipse Cannon, and it's like, okay, governments of the world, you know, give give me give me the keys to the planet, put me in charge. Um, see, it's more of that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't think with all the continuity we've had in the series so far, I don't think we can, like after all these games, I don't think we can say, oh, Eggman isn't truly evil. Um, although I think it's a very interesting take, I don't think it's one they can do now. Um, but we've got to we've got to determine what the tone is for the character. I feel like it's a bit too easy to be like, oh, he's like the Joker. He's like you laugh, but actually, oh, he's so dangerous. I don't buy that he's not evil. <laughs> I don't feel like that that's represented in any of the games, including Sonic One and Sonic CD. He is clearly making tools of destruction evil towards the animals well uh, okay uh, so i'll say that i think the games with the stories that people like the most which i mentioned before is 3k adventure one and adventure two i think part of the reason that those stories resonate that's a few reasons but one of the reasons is that you see the characters have more than one trait so in sonic adventure 2 you see eggman both blow up the moon but also work to save the earth from the following the falling arc from like he mm -hmm. so he shows like he's a little like he's bad he's very evil he's going to blow up the moon but he's also you know got enough good in him to work together with his enemies in sonic 3 and knuckles you see knuckles be a bad guy throughout the whole game uh, and then he has a turn when he realizes that he's been tricked by robotnik and so then he joins it so it's like aha these characters have two dimensions they have they have more than just one trait and 
that has been totally lost in addition to losing realistic stakes. Uh, people often point to the moment in Sonic Adventure 2 where it looks like Sonic is going to be killed. He's shot out of the, uh, the, the arc and he has to use the fake Chaos Emerald to use Chaos Control to save himself. Uh, you know, that's, that's a moment where it feels like Tails and Amy, Robotnik, and even Sonic himself believe that this is the end for him. He's not treating it like, hey, no problem. I'm just going to chaos control out of this. Uh, he's There's a sense of danger there. And, it, and by having your characters react to the situations with a level of um, investment to the story, mm. it goes a long way toward creating characters that can have more than one trait. Well, uh, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast too, but like the uh, major weakness with all of the supporting cast is that they don't really have any actual motivations or interesting drives past beyond like what their original characters were designed to be. Like Tails right. wanted to, you know, believe in himself and now he does. Now what? And Knuckles had to, whatever, protect the Master Emerald. And I guess he's chained to that forever. And I made the point that they should just get rid of the Master Emerald, let Knuckles do his own thing. That would be far more interesting than having him just be chained to this thing metaphorically forever for the rest take of the a, series. Take a cue from the second movie and have him share that duty with Sonic and yeah. Tails. And that's character growth. That yeah. shows that he's become... But, but again, yeah, like you say, like they're not... They're not uh, the characters aren't like allowed to grow... And that's a shame. It's to their detriment because you can have the characters still have their core traits, but have these additional wrinkles to them. That's going to make things more interesting. Yeah. And again, that kind of goes back to the point too, right? Like we're just, I think generally, right? This conflict of Sonic versus Eggman is, uh, I mean, they're not really doing anything interesting or innovative with it. Um, it's the same thing every time, basically the rote plot we've had since Sonic Adventure one, I guess at this point now is whatever Eggman's trying to threaten the world or the region or wherever he is. And then, um, he uses or unleashes some ancient malevolent force that he doesn't understand fully. And then, um, it kind of gets out of control. Eggman has to do what he can to try and stop it unsuccessfully. And then Sonic has to do the rest to clean up his mess or whatever, right? Isn't that basically like every Sonic game now since the 3D era? Most of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, you occasionally get a slight variation, like in Sonic Generations, where he doesn't lose control of the Time Eater, but Sonic still wins. So, yeah, you know, he either does like... or he doesn't. Regardless, it's the same kind of end result. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. How do you feel about this? Do we think Eggman is a requirement for an interesting Sonic plot? I mean, I definitely think he is the strongest antagonist still to this day, maybe unfortunately, but um, I mean, I think he's one of the strongest characters too, yeah, because, for sure. because of Sonic Adventure 2, because he's been given some family and been able to show slightly different shades of his personality. I think that has made him the strongest, probably the strongest overall character in the franchise. Yeah, but, but I, what, don't, I don't, do I don't, I don't think him? you need him. Yeah, I was gonna. How do you give him another or an interesting motivation or conflict between the two of them now at this point that hasn't already been done to death? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's kind of like goes back to like Mario Bowser thing or any other kind of eternal series um, hero right. villain conflict, right? Like Mario Bowser does essentially the same thing every time as well, and. I mean, I'm not saying that Mario Bowser needs to go beyond that. I think Mario is effective at understanding 
what it is trying to do, which is not focus on an interesting plot um, most of the time. Whereas, you know, Sonic, uh, they're definitely trying to do something interesting most of the time, I think. I guess that is mm-hmm. one thing that's admirable about the series is that they um, seem to be swinging for the fences every time, even though I think most of the time they're not good executions um, at all. But I I struggle yeah, to... Yeah, I struggle to like think of a way to do Sonic versus Eggman again in a way that's kind of like interesting and motivating. Uh, one idea I had maybe, which I think has already been done in some form, right, is ha- set it up so that Sonic's... Um, goal throughout the game is to whatever collect the chaos emeralds or whatever other MacGuffin there is and then have the twist at the end be that that was you know Eggman's plan is to have him do the legwork for him I mean this kind of is the plot of Sonic Adventure 1 but um and then trick him at the end to get it and I don't know like I I really don't know how to do this in a good way yeah it's tricky because it's like they've already done with both Unleashed and Forces, they've done Eggman has won yeah. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could say even Sonic Adventure 1 and Sonic Adventure 2 did the same thing. Um, and they've obviously done Eggman takes a god or a a, a, a force beyond his control that uh, that that goes beyond him. Like um, they've done that a number of times. And it looks like that's going to happen again with Frontiers. Um, so it might be, you know, like maybe the solution is to sort of go back to basics a little bit and maybe to go back to that Oshima view of things of like, you know, maybe bringing in those Archie and Fleetway influences to, I I mean, like there's so much, you can see this in the IDW comics. There's so much of the world that's undefined. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like does Eggman have a regular factory that he's producing for other humans? Is he like, do other humans view him as a criminal that's just, out and can't and never able to be caught by the authorities or is he somebody that's maybe respected by some humans because he makes these products uh does he like we don't we don't know and like there, it's not defined like it was in fleetway or archie or sad am where it's like no there's robotropolis there's not whole um and some of that could go a long way i think i think that's risky too in a certain way because i feel like sonic team definitely wants to shy away from making an explicit animals versus humans conflict i think probably um mm-hmm. and i think the more you involve the whatever human world in um this kind of like world building it the more you risk having to like kind of comment directly on what this means for this faction of anthropomorphic animals and the encroaching human technology like do they all live in balance like we typically just see that you know people are aware of animals or they um, whatever Sonic is visiting these different settlements and, or cities around the world in Sonic and Leash and stuff like that. But if that's true, right, there certainly has to be some factions of humans that are probably like, we need to eradicate these animals or things like that. But yeah, um, but there's some conflict. They're never right going to touch on that. But there's, con- uh, I wish they would. That know, would be interesting, I think. But, but this yeah. is our, interesting. This is our storyline. And that's, that's the sort of thing I would do. I would have it not so that, you know, Amy's out in, you know, on fucking the, station square equivalent of oxford road just like bumming around as like shopping you know like uh, you know getting a fucking yellow cab home i don't want to see any of that shit i want to see the you've got the human cities and you've got like the animal cities and they kind of like don't quite trust each other don't quite gel and then maybe sonic and a human like have an encounter maybe they have to team up maybe there's like just some sort of conflict there like you wouldn't 
he wouldn't necessarily trust humans because the only human he has regular interactions with is Eggman. Mm-hmm. So that would be like, more interesting. Yeah, just some sort of you know that's it just make it a bit more, and then you could have uh, you know some sort of character development of that now. Oh well, now they kind of trust humans again a little bit, but it's all like quite tentative. Uh, and it, you know, some sort of in, interesting character interplay about that. Like you say, like how do humans feel about Eggman? Do they like him? Is he some sort of captain of industry, or is he, or is he a piece of shit that no one really gets on with? Yeah, you know? it'd be really funny if they could depict Eggman as almost like an Alex Jones type figure that has like, <laughs> a very strong, dedicated following <laughs> yeah. that are like fully bought into his agenda, yeah. but it's kind of like fringe. And yeah, it could be something like you know, like Eggman that. is trying to sell the angle of you know, like. Nature is an untapped resource and we have all of these animals and who says they're sentient, right? Have you ever seen an animal talk before? Like we should be harnessing this resource to power all of these robots that I've created, right? Robots that Mm. can advance our society, that can clean up our streets, that can do all the work that humans don't want to do. And we should harness this and, you know, the repercussions on nature be damned. That's not what we need. We need to advance human society here. Exactly. How how are we going to power those robots? Don't ask. It's fine. If you can hear like a little bird tweeting when your your Alexa is like doing your whatever. Doesn't matter. Just ignore it. It's fine. (laughs) It's It's normal. They've like lost that element entirely in the last however many games. The idea that like animals power the robots, that... Yeah, I forget when that got totally lost, but like they just dropped that entirely. And that was one of the most interesting parts of the story. Grant is forgetting about the 2014 game Sonic Lost World, but that's probably for the best. I feel like it's all almost like a crucial element of the Sonic canon. And I think it's yeah, very much to its detriment that they're moving away from it for some reason. Like, again, like it's a great way to give stakes to everything about like these animal friends yes. that Sonic is rescuing. Their lives are being affected. They're essentially being enslaved, right? Um, yeah. And Sonic is a freedom fighter, right? Like going back to that. And none of that was seen in, you know, you lot were taking the piss earlier on about forces and Fleetway and all that. But like in forces, you don't really see so much of that, do you? You see like a city that's kind of, there's some robots stomping around in the background and it's like a, a city escape type city, but you don't see any people there. Is it abandoned? Yeah. Did, they, did they all get killed? Did they run away? Who knows? Who cares? There's nothing, there's no ground level threat to like regular sort of people. And uh, and that was always the thing, like Fleetway Sonic was a was a bit of a contentious character because you know, he's, 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 a, well, he's a bit of a dickhead really, isn't he? He's, he's um, very hot tempered and, and very arrogant and so on, but he's almost at odds with himself then to like do the right thing but he always does and he always has ample opportunity to do so and there's one one good story that like stands out to me it's called Smokey and the Badnik Lee I'm sure remembers that one yeah about um a a little kid in Metropolis Zone who befriends uh, a roller Badnik and they're just like have antics together all the time. And Sonic finds out about this and he's like, Hey kid, I heard there's some uh, bad Nick hanging around here causing trouble. And he's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then throughout the story, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, you, you don't want the bad Nick to get smashed, but he is a bad Nick. So you probably should. Um, is he, is he a goodie? Is he not? We don't know. And then, you know, in the end, spoilers, Sonic leaves him alone and it's fine. But um, yeah, that's the kind of like, 
small scale storytelling. I would love yes. to see like you know like just cause type. Yeah, imagine context like you were saying, right? It's like something imagine like, that was a side quest that yeah, you went like to like some village. That Empire yeah. of the Sun, the Christian Bale Spielberg movie. Way oh before. yeah, I love that movie. You know, <laughs> just some sort of little extra offshoot, extra side quest. So the overall thing is, yes, yeah, Sonic has to fight Robotnik. But you could tell smaller stories within that, like expand their scope a little bit for Christ's sake. And I think that's why I think that's why people continue to look, why fans continue to look at Adventure Two as the high watermark for the storytelling because it actually does commit to some world building. Mm. It does introduce other human characters. There's a president. There's a there's a military. <laughs> there's yeah. a, you know there's 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 the little girl clutching her mom and the mm. uh, horrible racial stereotypes across the world <laughs> that are seen. <laughs> but there's there's people. There's like some stakes there and. Uh, and I, I've felt for a long time, too, that it's a shame that they have let the term freedom fighter fall away mm. uh, and just be associated only with the Archie comics or with the Sad AM show, because it's like a pretty strong, like rather than just being Sonic and his friends, like freedom fighters, it, it's like, oh, they, it gives you an idea of what they're about. Yeah. It gives you an idea of what they're fighting for uh, rather than just like a, constantly attacking this one guy who... Mm. You know, like, why is nobody else worried about Robotnik? Why is it yeah. only fall to Sonic? You know what they, yeah, they should uh, start using the label Antiba. He's anti-Badnik. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, you've been a little quiet. I feel like you've got strong opinions on this kind of thing. What do you yeah. think? Um, I mean, honestly, like, none of that is the direction I'd want to go with it. Um, I think what I'll would just... you do? I think I'd like keep it a bit more whimsical um, because I mean, like we said, what is the tone of Sonic and it has mm. been all over the place. And yeah. um, I, I think try and look at what the core of this is and the core of it is the Mega Drive games, but they're very open to interpretation. Um, yeah. And when you look at them, it's like, okay, there is stakes. There is like the polluted factories and um, you've got the whole thing with Knuckles and oh no, he's electrocuted and he can't carry on mm. and the death egg and all that. So it's like, yeah, you do have serious stakes, but then also when Sonic wrecks one of Eggman's machines, is like, oh no, now he's covered in soot and his mustache is all frazzled. Yeah, um, Tom and Jerry shit, yeah. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know, it's like you don't want to go full Looney Tunes. You don't want it to be Bugs Bunny versus Elmer Fudd. Um, but getting back to Lamputer again, because that was the yes. kind of thing that was inspiring them at the time. And exactly. since yeah. um you had the like the mother and her gang of sky pirates, and mm. it was like, okay, they're like tough, threatening dudes, but they've got like a goofy side to them. And, yeah. you know, I think, like, that's the kind of tone they should be hitting with Eggman. And occasionally you could have a villain who's played more straight. Um, but you don't need that in every game. Some games it could just be, we're keeping it light, we've got this wacky mad scientist type, and Sonic has to foil his plans. Other games, uh, maybe Eggman's a bit of a side character, and you've got some other guy, or... You've got some other guy who is a side character, and then they become like they go from being the lesser threat to the greater threat by the end. Um, but I think it all depends on well, what kind of game is what kind of game is it? Because if you're looking at something like a Sonic Mania traditional level to level game, or even a Sonic Colors, 
I feel like you don't want to get that way down too much. I feel like you want to tell the story, like you guys were saying earlier, through the set pieces. And I think that's enough. Like the set pieces can be the story and the levels can sort of give an impression of, oh, there's something going on here. Um, like like Lava Reef and Hidden Palace and Sky Sanctuary. That gives you an impression of Knuckles of who Knuckles' ancestors were without explicitly telling you. Um, but then I think if you want to do like a proper story-based game, it would need to be something more along the lines of Sonic Adventure, where maybe you don't necessarily have a strict divide between here are the adventure fields and here are the action levels. Uh, maybe it is a bit more like what they seem to be doing with Sonic Frontiers, you know, get it more of an... Just sort of integrate the action stuff with the running around and talking to people stuff. You know, maybe integrate that a bit more. Um, So you were talking earlier about how you could have these little, little stories of um, Sonic goes to one area and the people Mm. who live there, they've been affected by this one thing and... Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll be honest, I don't play too many story-driven games. Um, because, you know, a lot of them are these, like, 50-hour epics, and it's like, oh gosh, where would I find the time? Um, so a lot of my video game playing is trying to catch up on the old stuff. Um, but I am a big fan of the Zelda series, and you do see a lot of that in there. Um, you know, Ocarina of Time in particular is like, you go to one area... And it's like, oh, Ganon's like blocked for like blocked access to like the Goron's like food supply. And it's like, oh no, how could this happen? And then Link has to save the day there. And then it's like, oh, Ganon's polluted the water. And we live in the water. What are we going to do about this? this? Rubbish, um, yeah. yeah. So I feel like you can have those kinds of plots. I feel like they fit perfectly with Sonic. Um, you, you just want yeah. to give them a bit more meat on their bones than like, hey, yes. man has stopped this. We feel sad about this. It's all like in service of the greater story, but it is compartmentalized in a way that makes you care about the people you're actually helping. And yeah, Sonic is about helping people. That is the point. I know that like, and the kids love it. The kids love a storyline, don't they? I just want to fucking play Mania too. I just want to get rings and Chaos Emeralds and do whatever. I don't really give that much of a shit. But if I'm going to have to see a fucking story in a Sonic game, that's the kind of thing I like. And yeah, yeah, that was the point I was trying to make about, yeah, like a 3D story-driven Sonic game. Yeah. If it's like a 2D game, I honestly don't care. Just let me like blow up Eggman's robots and that's it, right? Like, that's it. But yeah, compartmentalize it in a way that makes sense. Like, make it, uh, keep the scale of it to a point where you care about what's happening. And give us stuff to care about. I will take a few hardline stances, though. Um, oh, no. I, yeah, well, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, I think we don't need to see the Chaos Emeralds for a while. I agree. Bullshit. Sacked from the podcast. Also, the fuck Master off. Emerald. Like, fuck off with all this McGovern bullshit. Like, no. Like, Absolutely I, wrong. I feel like... Okay, so... Was Sonic CD a worse game for not having the Chaos Emeralds? 
Yeah, it's but like, it had... so you can say the time stones are like the same thing, and it's like okay, they kind of are, but they're just still don't big. have they kind of are. gems. Yeah, they are literally. Yeah. yeah, just don't have like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Do you have to have him try and collect something mm-hmm. for a video game? Maybe I guess. Were the original games that much better for the special stages? Maybe they shouldn't have been there at all. I mean, that was like a replay value. Yeah, like yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That's a, thing. Sure. Yeah. But. So if you're doing your like easy play, you finish the game. If you're doing your expert run, then you've got to finish it with 50 rings and then do the special stages. Um, yeah, but like, are they essential as, to like plot progression or anything? Like I feel like usually not. Yeah, a lot of the more recent games, the Chaos Emeralds are just part of the story and not really a thing you collect. Um, well, actually, I don't know if that's true. Um, you know, yeah, but anyway, it's, it's, ways, it's yeah. it happens in Sonic Adventure one and two, and um, yeah, some of the some of the other ones. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you're doing that kind of like open worldy, three D ish, um, you can go around and talk to characters. Yeah, yeah, you you just don't you don't need an equivalent of special stages or anything like that. Um, you don't need to be. I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with the idea of collecting MacGuffins, but, you know, maybe make them different MacGuffins. Maybe you ju- just do something else. We've seen we've seen the Chaos Emeralds. Don't make them magical gems. Just... In that sense, though, like, I feel like if you're not going to use the Chaos Emeralds, you should have a good reason for whatever you're introducing, because then again, like, it's like the like we were just saying about the time stones. Like, it's, it's just like... It's another name for the same fucking thing. Okay, but here's yeah. when when you do the Chaos Emeralds, then you're kind of committed to doing Supersonic, and we've right. seen we've seen yeah. that. We've so there's seen a that good question. Do act. we need to see Supersonic every game? Maybe not. Yeah. No, it become it was cool in Sonic Three and Knuckles where you had the Supersonic level at the end. It was cool when Sonic Adventure did it, and then it's just been a repeat of those two games ever since. Um, so I think it's fine to just keep Sonic as Sonic, and you don't need you don't need a Super Saiyan or whatever kind of power up at the end. Um, Sonic and the Secret Rings they did their own spin on it. Black Knight did their own spin on it. Um, I don't think you need that. I think Sonic yeah. can just be Sonic, and he's overcoming the final challenge by himself, and not through not through the aid of something powering him up. That would be um, fun. I would like to see that. Yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah, I think like that's what I do. If if Sonic's going from through all these areas, and it's like, oh no, Eggman's done this, and you've got all these. You're just sort of, making, like... making literally the same point Josh and I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I'm re- I'm just repeating things. Um, but yeah, I think I'll just like keep it. That's good. More... We're all on the same page. Well, yeah. I'd... I'd keep it to a more whimsical tone. And I mean, I, think... I didn't mean for it to be like dark or anything. Like that's what I meant when I was saying like it needs to be contextualized like through a children's plot, right? Like it can be light, but you can still have stakes. Yeah, I think a good uh, comparison that's for like a Western comparison is Bone, the graphic novel Bone by Jeff Smith, which has no, yeah, that's yeah. a good example. It's very cartoony, it's very comical, very whimsical, but it also it has like villains that are treated as being a big existential threat and yeah. you can feel those stakes it turns into based on the way the characters the react. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Sonic turns into Star Wars. Yeah, I think yeah. I'd also say um, the newer version of DuckTales, although maybe, you know, a bit less wink at the camera, a bit less yeah. wacky. Um, but I think you could have these little episodic 
stories for like this area and that area and that area um but then there's like a bit of a through line so it's like oh well yeah. eggman's doing this thing here and I he's mean... doing a different thing there and a different thing there but then by the end you see how all these different things eggman are doing eggman is doing relate to each other and they're all part of one greater plan yeah, Lee, you're talking. You were saying you don't play a whole lot of like modern video games, but you were describing essentially how storytelling works in like almost every modern video game now. Oh well, <laughs> there we go, then. <laughs> well, yeah, when the writing when when, they, when, when the it's done well. done well. I mean, yeah, hell, this is the well. this is the format that essentially GTA contextualized and set as the standard in the entire modern era in GTA Three. Okay, there we go. Yeah, we just need to do do what GTA did. I'm fine with you would talk about character growth. I'm fine with Sonic and Eggman being essentially unchanging characters. I think they need to be like the two constants and sure. they sort of propel the story on and like the real the real meat of it needs to come through needs to come from the supporting cast and the civilians of whatever yeah. particular game it is. I think I in in like global terms, in terms of like the actual yeah, okay, these characters themselves outside of that particular game can be constant, but within the confines of that game they need to go through some sort of journey or some sort of growth, because otherwise it's not compelling oh, in sure. any capacity. Yeah. That's what yeah, that's what I'm saying is like you know, have Sonic go go through his own struggles or own personal biases come out of it like a better person or a bigger man but he's still like just a guy who loves adventure you know like, that's not going to change like but yeah i don't know i feel like they could do I'm, I'm not a writer someone could do it better than me but i think it's to their detriment that they don't put more well again they've brought in influence and so maybe they are now but i think it's to their detriment to not have the story be a you know a, a big concern with these games because it's a huge selling point uh, to the games it's it's definitely what differentiates the games aside from being bad to mario <laughs> uh like it's 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 part of the appeal of sonic is that there it has a little bit of that manga or comic book style storytelling and yeah you know in a in a in the comics like it's it, spider-man is never going to like fundamentally change but going through a big arc you feel like he's learned a lesson or grown mm. or at the very least he's he's learned something about this particular situation yeah. and yeah. these particular stakes. I think maybe a great example is like modern children's cartoon shows now, um, especially like Western produced stuff. And I'm, I think like there's a lot of really strong stuff in the anime space as well, which I don't follow as much, but right. Like uh, I feel like they really have a good understanding of how to craft a compelling and interesting um, character driven kind of, arc across like a tv season now even for children and making it interesting yeah. for both children and adults at the same time and i feel like that kind of template is something that um yeah sonic could learn a lot from i think and i think that they are that's probably what they're striving for but i think in execution we might all agree that it's not been done well up to this point not really <laughs> yeah not yeah. really um, Any last uh, thoughts or pitches on Sonic storytelling before we move on? Yeah, I was going to say, weren't we supposed to like come up with a Sonic plot? And we ended up kind of just like talking oh, about yeah. it. So do we really quickly want to like Mad Libs? I was going to say, let's keep it real simple, right? So let's say we have okay. to design the next Sonic plot, which and let's just follow the structure of Sonic Adventure 1, 2, um, Colors, whatever, um, Unleashed. Okay, so Eggman is going to um, unleash some long buried deity that he's going to lose control of what is that 
Uh, well, he's okay, right? So he's had he's had the center of the earth. He's had okay. Wa- so he's had fire. He's had water. Yeah. Um, time eater. Is, How time? about he's he brings forth a seven tailed kitsune that's already powered by all of the chaos. Emeralds. Oh, Ooh. very cool. Like and this that. sort of we've never gotten any like hints towards tails anything. So maybe it's somebody that the villain already has all seven of the chaos emeralds. And now what do you do? Yeah. Is he related to, is he, she, it related to Tails? Yeah. And Tails has a bit of an existential crisis, perhaps. Mm, Like, I like that. Is that where I came from, Sonic? Oh, no. You know, so like a bit of a chip, but not rubbish. So, like, can Tails, is Tails going to be one of these creatures as well? Uh oh. Is there some conflict there? Yeah. Is this his destiny? Yeah. Maybe Tails can get corrupted at some point, right? Maybe Sonic has to fight Tails while he becomes consumed by the chaos power or whatever. Ooh, this thing could be trying to trick Tails by saying, I'm you from the future, but it could be a lie. Yeah. That's a Sonic the Comic special, that is. They always used to do that. <laughs> I'm actually your cousin from a different... Oh, no, it's just a shapeshifter, Metamorphia. Oh, yeah, motherfucker. Um, yeah, something like that. That'd be cool. Um, I like I like the fact that, like, you know what it's always like? Dr. Robotnik unleashes a thing. And then he gets taken over by it. And then he's like, well, Sonic, I need help doing the thing. Help me. I'm sorry. I'd never be a baddie again. And then you save him and he's like, I'm a baddie again. (laughs) Fuck you. Like, what would be nice is if they're both doing it. So the thing's out of control. And Eggman's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm taking that thing out. I'm taking you out. I'm taking out everybody because I'm the fucking Eggman. That's what I am. Just getting it done. So that'd be cool to see. Like, I want to see a little bit of that. Maybe you have another antagonist, but you also have Eggman and you know what? Okay, right. So Mania did it first, but like that kind of thing. You know, where like uh, Eggman and Heavy King are fighting over the Emerald or the, mm-hmm. the Ruby or whatever. I like that. That you've got two. You're up against more you know, insurmountable odds where you've got two enemies coming at you and kind of fighting each other. And there's no hope. You're not going to get Eggman on your team. So yeah. something like that. Yeah. You know, there's this other enemy. There's you know, there's the stress with Tails. Is he going to become a baddie? There's Eggman as well doing his own thing multiple angles of attack you know uh but sonic should feel outnumbered uh yeah that'd be that'd be cool yeah maybe that kitsune could be presented as like a benevolent force at the beginning and tails is enticed to go and learn from it or something and then it turns out it's bad and you have side quests where you have to just keep reassuring tails that it's (laughs) (laughs) yeah like how uh when you're taming a horse in Breath of the Wild and you got to tap like L1 to to yeah. ta- to, yes. to reassure it, yeah. carrot. <laughs> you just yeah, you feel tails the apples and pat him on the head and go oh 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 oh, and it's all, <laughs> and it's all okay, and it's all okay. Um, I think that would be a very good setup. I have often said as well that I would love a Knuckles spin-off game where yes yes, because why not because you want to do different gameplay styles use the characters you already have and i've said Mm -hmm. this on the show before and i'll say it again a a game where knuckles is like uh the floating island is besieged in some way and you're slapped off the island and you got to fight your way back to it and then back up onto Mm. it and through an increasingly hostile situation where some sort of enemy has taken over your home yeah because again it's personal stakes it's not just about like, I'm taking over the world. It's like, nah, this guy's come into my house and kicked me out and he sat on my sofa like watching my telly. Like, I'm getting up, motherfucker. You know, something 
personal to that character would be interesting. And I think Knuckles is is a character who has a tangible kind of stake that you could put out there. Like Sonic is a carefree guy. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, yeah, if people get in trouble, he'll help them, but he'll always help them because he's the best and he's super fast and he can't be stopped. And he's basically Megazord. He just turns up at the end and wins all the time. But it'd be cool to have Knuckles, who's maybe a little less, you know, cocksure and and is so heavily invested and so heavily trusting and could easily be knocked back and then have to fight his way back up to the thing. I don't know. I, I like I like the idea of it, and but I just like the idea of them doing something fucking different. You know, mm-hmm. take Sonic out of the yeah. equation. Have Sonic as a side character. Have Sonic something uh again not to to go too deep into the weeds uh something that fleetway did well and i feel like people look at fleetway maybe the wrong way sometimes if they're not familiar with it and they go oh sonic he's the main character he's the hero but he's horrible i don't like him the thing about fleetway is it's about everyone's got a mate who's like that everyone's got a mate who's like sonic that you know they're maybe they are cool and and you like hanging out with them but they are kind of impulsive or reckless or short-tempered or something and it can be hard being friends with someone like that uh you know i've had friends like that i've been that friend you know we you know we've all gone for our own personal growth uh and it's it's that that's how you can view it is it like through the eyes of amy or tails or porker lewis what's it like to be friends with sonic and to see that side of it so that'd be a cool thing too mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. sonic's always the main character so he has to be well i suppose that's how they want to take it sonic is the main character he has to be perfect he's the hero in some way he always has to win but what's it like being mates with sonic uh what's it like being less cool or less fast than sonic and having to hang around him all the time while he's saving the day and and soaking up all the admiration you know it must be kind of frustrating and maybe that's another angle they could take as well that you are playing as someone be playing as knuckles what's it like being knuckles and having sonic hanging around just being like oh, come on knucklehead do this just run up there and fucking take care of it and he's like i can't because i can't run at max speed you dickhead so just fuck off some sort of aggravation some sort of like um conflict and i feel like that would be natural among friends anyway there's this thing of like well knuckles was a baddie now he's a goodie that's it now he's a goodie forever and apart from sonic adventure where they had a bit of a tussle but you know friends do argue friends do fall out friends do have disagreements like put something like that in there and it again it doesn't have to go all riverdale it doesn't have to be overwrought you know melodramatic nonsense um but then of course that would require them to hire competent writers which thankfully they fucking have now <laughs> um so i guess we'll see how ian does with it but that'd be cool yeah some cool interpersonal shit some more seeing sonic through someone else's eyes and not just as this like hero this figure of adulation um and also knuckles spin-off game when question mark come on make it happen <laughs> the end it's strange that we live in a world where knuckles is getting a tv show but not a video game right what the <laughs> yeah. fuck dude yeah jesus christ it's just that's what i mean it's just they, their priorities are all screwed up and you've got like wario games you've got captain toad you got yoshi that's what i mean like mario and Luigi's co they're not afraid to luigi's mansion how could i forget they're not afraid to say we want to make a different style of game have we got a character that suits that action and we can put them in it i think it's more that they understand that there's a market opportunity for those games whereas i don't think the same is true for the sonic side characters i i'm only going to disagree in terms of until you try no you can know it's called market research 
I would say you're just you know, going based on like the Q rating. It's like the well, what what elevates that? What what makes a character more popular? I mean, you have to have a product. pitch, okay? You have to have like an actual pitch that you will like sell a business case. Like this, uh, this is just how product development works. Like you can't Josh just say just like we have great knuckles. Pitch for knuckles. Well, yeah, that's, a great pitch. that's I mean, that's an idea. That's not a, p- so a my, pitch. Is an actual game is- idea. And well, like, it's because I'm not a fucking a, game designer, Nathan. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> somebody has to like write up a pitch, essentially. You know, like a design document for a theoretical game with all yes. these ideas and questions laid out, and then you know, then there's a determination made whether like can this be done successfully? Can this be done on budget? Is this going to sell to any potential audience? Is there any market interest in this character in this segment? On what platforms? All this stuff. So, I mean, all okay. I'm saying is the fact that we don't have spinoff games of any of these Sonic characters, or not since whatever it was, Shadow the Hedgehog on the GameCube, PS2, Xbox era, to me is proof or indication that they understand or they don't think that there is a market for such products, whether or not that may or may not be true. I don't think it proves that they're unmarketable or that there's no interest. I just think it's further proof of their incompetence and yeah. their inability I don't to- think. I mean, to improve and strengthen the brand, I uh, there. I you're giving again, you're giving no, Sega too much credit. No, I just understand <laughs> I why business that. decisions are made, and I, d- I think you know the goal is probably not to expand the brand in such a way. Like they're if they have a strategic initiative to like with what they want to do with the Sonic franchise, I don't think it includes things like creating spinoff games. Well, and I think that's I why mean, we don't have them. <laughs> then i uh, then uh, you know good luck to them to be honest like i'm just saying that in terms of and this is this is an old line but in terms of like unleashed you know what if the werehog was knuckles instead wouldn't it have been right. better i don't know would it have been i don't know okay right so here's my pitch uh knuckles spin-off game it's god of war 2 but instead of zeus it's dr robotnik and instead of mount olympus it's the floating island and instead of kratos it's knuckles go yeah, there you go. That's already a go. solid game. <laughs> it's, it's not bad, eh? It's not bad, eh? If you're going to rip off a game, rip off a good fucking game. But I suppose, yeah, again, like do it in a timely fashion. Don't, for example, rip off Breath of the Wild five years later. Okay, let's move on. We are now back to the long-awaited return of Lee's House of Pain, the <laughs> song rankings. We are uh, halfway through the songs, as a matter of fact. Oh, thank goodness. My God, yeah, I'm into it. Though, it's what all of our listeners want. I feel like they've missed it. I they haven't said it, but the vibe is there. You know, it's in it's in the air. It's you can you can almost taste it. Well, they should tell us mm-hmm. if you missed this. You should say so. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please let us know. See, this is us. We're we're saying fuck market research. We do what we want, and we exactly give, we give the people what they want. They just don't yeah. know they want it yet. We're, yeah, we've they also made zero dollars off of this entire venture. If you want to give us money, go for it. Insist on it. Insist on it, and we'll we'll figure out a way to make that happen. If anyone wants to be my sugar daddy, please like and subscribe and leave a comment below. Uh, I'm amenable. I'm taking applications now. I am. I'm open to suggestion. We can work And sugar daddy is the name of one of the songs today, right, Lee? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. That's true, actually. Um, Except it's both. It's actually both spelled and pronounced "True Blue Friends." Uh. And it's from it's from the, it's from the episode Dune's Day. 
Doomsday. Like Dune, like D U N E. T U N E, plural S Day. Oh, it's a desert level again, isn't it? <laughs> it sounds like kind of like a samba thing. It's like a rave. <laughs> In our Discord. Josh, did you write this? <laughs> I kind of wish. They tied it in there in the quicksand of doubt. It's a true oh, good. friends who pulls you out. Okay, so, yeah. so now for for new listeners, for new listeners mm. who are like, what the hell is going mm. on here? Um, the four of us will each now assign a score to the song we just heard. One point, listening to it has made your day quantifiably worse. Two points, it sucks. Three points, <laughs> tolerable. And the maximum score of four points, pretty good, actually. Or mid, as the kids might say. They do, it, yeah. never, it never goes beyond that. Never goes beyond that, children. Well, that was uh, one from me. My day is worse now. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one. You thought that one was that bad? I feel, I'm surprised at myself. Maybe I'm like in a really good mood today or something, but that was like shockingly innocuous to me. Hmm. Shinocuous. Shinocuous. What number is that? Yeah, uh... Maybe let's say three. So I'm feeling generous. Three, tolerable. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It was fairly catchy. It was fairly catchy. Yeah, the singing wasn't like terrible. Uh, yeah. It didn't. It wasn't super offensive to my sensibilities. It was. Yeah, I don't know. Unremarkable was the word I was looking for. Yeah, it was fine. Mm. Is that what a three is? It's fine. I forget. You literally <laughs> said it like three minutes ago. I'm sorry. Yeah, a three is tolerable. Okay. Uh, yeah. It. yeah, yeah, that's fine. Three's um, fine. Yeah, I think I'll agree. It's like I tolerate it. Um, I, I am giving it that extra point. You know, it, 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 they all suck. Like, they all suck, except for a few yeah. that don't. But I feel like what gives it the free is the quicksand of doubt. Because they're like, okay, <laughs> we've got this song about friendship, but shit, it's also a desert episode. It's, it's a, a, des- desert a desert level. level. Yeah. So, um, good job, sort of. You got one line in there. Made my day worse. Horrible. <laughs> He's not just immediately forgot not all about get it, him. except the stank of how it made me feel. All right, Grant, would you like to share your feelings with us today? How are you feeling? You I okay? feel great, except that song. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> it's a gut punch. All right, let's see what's next. <laughs> okay, well, we've got the desert level behind us. Now for something completely different from Here the episode go. Mummy Dearest, we've got Mummy Rap. Oh, W-R-A-P. Mummy Rap. We are Sonic, Sonic Underground. We're looking for a scroll that 
This is a fucking desert level as well. Yeah. <laughs> I rick rolled you, baby. Oh, you motherfucker. Act two, bitch. <laughs> See, okay, Grant, Grant, oh this God. is where you fucked up. You rated yeah. the previous song a one. Yeah, like this we, is another one. This we, is this we, is making my day significantly worse. We we can't Can go, we into, go lower than one. We can't. We can't. As I was like, mm. Grant, I think you got overzealous with a previous one. Um, a bit, you guys were way too generous. I was right. Somehow, perhaps a lower one, if that's possible. Yeah. It's like a minus one. Yeah. Oh, this, this was very low effort, wasn't it? It was just for... It, was, it felt like it was just the same 15 seconds over and over again. And someone was like, oh, oh shit, what's, what's, this, what's this show yeah. coupled again? Sonic Underground, yeah. okay, it's about a band, what are they called? Sonic Underground? Sonic Underground. Uh, yeah. oh, well, is, what was it, mummies? We're doing mummy shit? Okay, yeah. Do some bits, some, you know, mummy, some desert level music in there. Like, yeah, there it is, easy, done. This one's in the bank, boys. Um, sorry, I've got to give it a number. It was pretty shit, wasn't it? Uh, two. Two? Only because I'll give it a two, not a one, for the fucking sheer audacity of just doing another desert level <laughs> off the back of the <laughs> desert uh, level. Yeah, my score is really similar. <laughs> I was going to give it a one, but then the appearance of, what was it, Hotep or Imhotep <laughs> in the middle of the song, <laughs> uh, I'm giving it a two just based on that. Just elevated it for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and Grant, you said that's a one. I have to conquer that's a one from me. Low effort, um, good good radio, I think. Like, not good radio to, oh, I'm listening to a song, but entertaining for our dear listeners. Mm. You know, they've not told us to stop. That means they love it. That's it. Are we ready for the next song? Um, you know, I think I think this is going to be quite <laughs> a deep and moving one. Um, you know, a bit of a, okay. of a highbrow song, I'm expecting, because it's from the episode... The Hedgehog in the Iron Mask, and oh, the song oh, is boy. called "The Song is Called Part of the Problem." Yeah, here we go. Bo's gonna love this. Yeah, this is, this is Bo's song. Easily a four. Yeah, Scar tune going. That's what I'm talking about. The sand. The fucking sand. Pick it up. Pick it up. Rubbish. Part of the problem. You're part of the problem. If you're not helping, solve 
Needs more horns though. Is the only note I have. I feel like the song was written in a very specific response to something the songwriter's kid did to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel a lot more personal, doesn't it? It could also be an environmental tale again. It's, you know, it's on brand of Sonic. It's just like, you know, if you're not recycling any plastic bottles, then you're a cunt, mate. Like, don't be part of the problem. Uh, I could attribute it to a lot of different things, I suppose. But yeah, good message, isn't it? Don't yeah. be part of the problem. Who wants to be part of the problem? Apart from troublemakers, radical politics so, from the Sonic Underground. That's yeah, it depends on what they're defining the problem and the solution. Ah, maybe well, they're like, see. maybe they're like, oh, we want you to be part of the final solution. Like, what? No, don't be involved at all. God. Do not get involved. Do not get involved. Yeah. See, yeah, I see. That's it. There's um, you've you've given me food for thought. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it's good to not get involved. Okay. If right. uh, if it's bad. Mm. So the, the song could have been improved by defining the problem. Yeah, what problem were they talking about? Have we got any like backstory for this episode? You, you know, if I recall correctly, um, in this episode, the Hedgehog's latest stop on their quest to find their mother takes them to the prison tower where they encounter a masked stranger who insists he is family. This stranger is actually being used as bait for another attempt by Robotnik to capture them. The stranger creates a rift between the siblings over who will lay claim to the throne after Robotnik is defeated, which leaves the underground disbanded, vulnerable, and ultimately trapped. The hedgehogs find a way to escape their prison walls that held their mother captive many years ago. What, what the fuck's that got to do with parts of the problem? I'm going to give it a two. Uh, it sucked. And it's only getting a two because I know Bo, our editor, likes ska music. So I'm bumping <laughs> it up from a one to a two for that reason. Oh, it's but sucking up to I Bo, thought huh? it was abysmal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Giving yeah. Bo a little, little extra here. Flattery will get you favorable editing. But I'm going two. All right. Okay. I'm going to give it a two, two. Sure. Why not? Uh, nothing. I feel like nothing today has been like so bad yet that I feel like it merits a one. Fair. You're high. Uh, I'm rolling in with a, uh, a, a perhaps a controversial three. Oh, it's wow. not worthy of that coveted four status, um, but I'll be honest, man. I really like Scar as well. <laughs> so uh, as soon as I started up, I'm like, yeah, this, it automatically gets extra points for that. The lyrics were fucking abysmal. However. Um, I was I was I was feeling the groove. It was good. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't it wasn't good. It was okay. <laughs> the lyrics um are usually the biggest problem. Um but yeah, yeah, the tune was nice. I like a bit of scar. It's um like scar it's one of it's one of those genres. I don't know much about it, but I'm always happy to hear it. So The thing um, is, yeah, all you need to know is that every single fucking song sounds like that and and if you like that, then you're going to have a good time. <laughs> Basically, like it's like the blues or something. You know, you know what you're getting with the blues. No one listens to a blues song and goes, "Oh, oh, wow, yeah, he's really taking that in a, in a bold new direction." No, because it's the blues, and you know what you're going to get. Um, same with Scar. If you like it, then uh, you like it. It's no problem. And I know what this song is going to get. It's going to get a free. It's tolerable. Oh, there you go. Hmm. He's doing all right, isn't he? And our final song today. Um, from the Thank episode, fuck. from the episode <laughs> six 
Six is a crowd. Um, it's what? Six is a crowd. Um, so huh? guys, guys, I just want to say we've had two, two desert levels, and the third one, yeah. um, they had a bit about burying your head in the sand. Do we think? Okay. This, do we think we're going to be four for four? Is there going to be any sand in this song from Six is a crowd? What do we think? I hope not, but perhaps. Well, let's yeah. listen to it right now. It's called. Okay. I can do that for you. I've got an appetite with candy commercial. Yeah. <laughs> one. Just one already. It's bad, isn't it? love it when they have that ending like that where you like it's just it. sort of yeah. yeah they drag it out love it yeah uh, I, Shit. yeah Rubbish. i don't want to see manic coming i feel like i've already heard it no <laughs> i was trying i was sat, I sat there like workshopping a little jokeette while i'm doing it it's like uh, yeah and that's uh, my only fans page oh no way that's rubbish you haven't got you don't call people you email them uh do you email people anymore <laughs> i don't know do you dm them i don't know fuck this is what i'm talking about Look, okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, people don't have phone sex anymore, do they? What? Of course they do. Yeah. It's quite painful, though, because phones are quite wide now. So, like, if you try and, yeah. you know, they, um, oh, boy. <laughs> you're bumping up against it. Yeah. Ouch. Go back to flip phones, that's what I say. At least you get the choice then, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Look, one. Fuck it off. Sick of this fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> one, they're all shit. Yeah, I'm... I know. That's kind of how I feel. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm giving it a one, but I definitely feel like fatigued by this show. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ, we halfway through this shit. Oh god, we're, right? we're, yeah, I'm giving it a one. I don't right know now. if it's because it's like worse or if it's because I'm just like, yeah, this is the fourth song and I'm done with it now. Yeah, I'll give it a two. A two, generous, um, very um, generous. Yeah, you've been you've been the most generous one here, Grant. We're we're seeing some mm. real mood fluctuations from from. Yeah, everyone. he started out with a one. Yeah, yeah, two ones, uh, two and two twos, two ones, two twos. Oh, it's good. It's there. good. It, it keeps things exciting. Um, I was not impressed with this one, believe it or not. Um, when I okay. listen to, I can believe it. When I listen to the Sonic Underground soundtrack, I'm looking to be impressed, and this mm. one this one didn't do it. 
and there's no sand. It broke the theme of our episodes. They should have, they should yeah. have known. They should have known that people would go through all these songs in production order, four at a time, and <laughs> do an internet radio show all about it. Mm-hmm. This was, this was mm-hmm. 1999 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was ju- it was just Sonic Underground by the numbers. It was just there's no twist to it. You know, there's usually yeah. even if it's just desert level stuff or ooh, we're doing a prog rock or I don't know. It was just kids bop bullshit. Did yeah. not like it. Giving it a one. Nothing to it. Fuck it off. Get him out of here. I'm not interested. Get him out of here. Hey, I'm podcasting here. There you go. Wow. (laughs) You're American. How is your accent worse than mine? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) You got a step up already. Look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many have we got left now? So we're halfway now, or we're over halfway now? Um, We're over halfway now. So we've got 16 songs left. Okay. We got to do this four more times. Grant, can you can you do that for me? I can do that for you. There we go. <laughs> I would do anything for Pod. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. That's all right. We're out of here. That's all, folks. As Sonic the Hedgehog famously said, "That's all, folks." <laughs> yeah, man. And so, as a final aside, um, if you're listening to this, uh, listen to all the rest of them as well if you haven't already. I'm looking at the numbers right now. James Wallace's episode, J- Mr. James Wallace. Only 78 views as of today. That's fucked up, man. Tell your friends. Tell anyone. We don't give a shit. We don't care if you like them or not. Uh, spread the word because we want to. We want to pump up those numbers. They're rookie numbers. Please and thank you. Yeah, and tell all the other Sonic podcasts they're bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>